You're listening to Sports Day. Yes, welcome back to Sports Day on this Friday night. It is Derby Eve, Melbourne Cup Carnival Eve. It all gets underway at Flemington tomorrow. Before we bring in Gareth Hall, Bryce McGain, what is your favourite Derby Day over the years? You love your racing. What's the favourite one? I'm putting you on the spot here. You are indeed. We discussed this in our production meeting. Yeah, I think, well, because being a cricketer, you missed a lot of these events. That's so true. A lot of my friends had no interest in my cricket, I can assure you, and they would be off to the races. Cup day, we were playing on cup day as well, playing cricket. So there are many times I, I just missed out. But there was one particular day, and it was uh, with my son Liam, and I said, look, pick out a horse. Pick out a horse. And, you know, it, and it was probably, he was playing under 11 cricket at the time. So he'd finished his morning cricket. I said, pick out a horse. It's derby day. And, uh, and, and he did. And it was Rebel Raider. Right. 100 to 1. Very well played, Liam. Absolutely. So he thought gambling as an 11-year-old was uh, a dollar each way on Rebel Raider meant you won $100 every time you put a horse on. So it was a bad introduction, to be perfectly honest. But there you go. What about yours? I think my favourite derby day, and I was lucky to go to, oh, I think it was about 19 or 20 in a row in a working capacity, was when Peter Moody burst onto the scene in Melbourne with a horse called Amalfi, a beautiful-looking horse called Amalfi. And uh, Amalfi, Damien Oliver was the rider. It was in the early 2000s, and he won uh, the derby. And it was such a big day, a beautiful day weather-wise. So many people. Back Fresh then, face, there was, Peter Moody. Yes. Back then, there was no sort of capping on crowds, so there were, it just felt like there was so many people there. And it was kind of the, the moment that Peter Moody, the Queensland trainer coming to Melbourne, and kind of announced himself as... Uh, as one of the main guys when it comes to the training ranks. I just remember that really standing out. And Melfi, I might have backed Stunning it Stunning well. horse too. Absolutely. I might have backed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that always helps. Yeah. Uh, Gareth Hall is our SEN main man when it comes to horse racing, and he joins us uh, online ahead of uh, a big day at Flemington tomorrow. Gareth, welcome. Hello, Whitey, Bryce. Yeah, great memories there. Um, well, what's your biggest memory? I don't know. I think recently there was James McDonald and Damien Oliver going head-to-head. Yes. Two of the great jockeys, the, the king and the prince in a way. And J-Mac, I think he set the record of 10 wins that year. He was superb. And they had a couple of really close finishes. I remember Ollie weaved some magic with Colette and an Empire Rose. And Macca looked the winner at, at some stage in that race. So it might have been the Empire Rose or the Cantala. It could have been the Cantala and Macca was on Cascadian. So I'll I, I I remember now. Cascadian was the horse that James McDonald was riding, and Ollie nailed him in the shadows of the ride on the post there, basically, the Superstorm that year for Danny O'Brien and Bob Peters. And he also rode Colette that day, Ollie, to a treat. I think that was the Home Affairs one for Macca and the Coolmore as well. So you had two great jockeys at the top of their game going head-to-head. That was the highlight for mine when I think back to great derby moments. Yeah, Gary, yeah it's, I mean, it's interesting how so many of them seem to involve Damien Oliver, but... Also remember, and I was at Flemington with you this year when Warning won the Derby for Damien Oliver, and he had this incredible day, and he was really emotional. And I remember him saying afterwards just how important it was and special it was for him that so late in his career that he could still match it with all the young guns uh, in the jockey ranks, and and he had a massive carnival and. I guess, you know, this is his last one coming up this year, and uh, it's kind of sad. 
Yeah, it's really hard to believe. He's been such a legend of the game. He's had his ups and downs, Ollie, but he's had definitely more ups and downs. And still one of the most moving sporting events that I've ever been to was the Media Puzzle Melbourne Cup. That was something else. Mm. To watch Ollie do what he did that day with so much emotion. He was under so much pressure. He had a he had a tough Melbourne Cup carnival leading up to the Melbourne Cup. He had a few rides there on a couple of favourites on Derby Day and he failed to, I think, he even run a place that day. This is the story, of course, after his, his brother passed away about a week earlier in a, in a terrible um, accident there and a fall there at a trial in, in WA. I'm Jason Oliver and Ollie. He rode the house down. He gave me the puzzle, the perfect ride, and just the emotion coming back. And there wasn't a dry eye at Flemington. Over 100,000 people after he, he'd come back to the scale as we watched Ollie there um, with Media Puzzle. And just the emotion from that particular event. They made a movie out of it. So, um, yeah, he's had so many wonderful Flemington moments. He's the most successful jockey during a Flemington Carnival, Damien Oliver. He's the greatest Group 1 jockey that we've ever seen in this country's arguably the greatest jockey that's ever um, put a saddle on a horse from Australia. So, yeah, hopefully he can ride a few winners, Ollie, this week. Well, it might be a good prompter uh, maybe after the races tonight for everyone to just watch that, get a copy of it and uh, the watch cup? the movie. No, no, it's a horrendous movie. The cup. Well, no, it, no good. It, no. it has an emotional moment yeah, to it well, and a connection had, to this time of year. Well, so. get on YouTube and watch the actual real thing because the movie, no, nah, I'm sorry. It was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, before, half a star for you. <laughs> before we go on to the, the races uh, tomorrow because you're going to give us a few winners, I'm going to pose this to you, Gareth. In five Ooh. years' time, maybe three years' time, will the Saturday be the best day for racing purists still, as it has been for so long? Or do you think that potentially the second Saturday will become the biggest day with Champions Day? I think already the second Saturday is the best day of racing for the year in Victoria because you've got the Champion Stakes, which is like a, a Cox Plate in a way. Yep. Apart from Romantic Worry, most of the big guns will be there. The Champions Mile, we'll have Alligator Blood probably take on Mr. Brightside, who could be second and third in a Cox Plate. Fangirl probably goes that way, and she was unlucky in a Cox Plate. And then you've got a Champion Sprint, where we get to see the best mare, and um, I think she's the best mare in Australasia, and Imperatrice take on the best mare in Australia, and in, um, of course, in secret, of course, Imperatrice from New Zealand. Now, in secret, it's a gun down the straight. Imperatrice has been dominating those feature races at Mooney Valley. We would have loved to have seen her in the Everest, but she meets one of the big guns in that champion sprint. So I think the final day now has surpassed the, the opening day because they've moved a race like the champion stakes with the old McKinnon, which used yeah. to be on the opening day of the carnival. And I think Derby Day is Coolmore Day for mine. Clearly the best race is for the three-year-old sprinters down that straight over the 1,200 metres. But it's just a little unfortunate. Not unfortunate. It's like I can understand what racing New South Wales have done. The Everest is a big winner. They've got this Golden Eagle, which is a four-year-old race worth $10 million, which is a really good field this year. They've taken away some of the stars that would have competed at Flemington. And then they've put on a new race called the Giggy Kickball. It's been a race there for a little while. It's a race named after the previous year's Everest winner. So Giggy Kick won it back in 2022. And you've got the Everest winner, Private Eye. I should say, think about it. And think about it, stablemate Private Eye, going in that race instead of coming to the champion sprint um, because the prize money is just too good to knock back there in Sydney. So I don't think, I don't think for any race day these days we're going to get the best of the best take on each other because of the, of 
there's just too much prize money in competition now between Sydney and Melbourne. Well, Saturday is Derby Day, Gareth, and uh, yep. let's have a look at the Derby. Um, you were mentioning James McDonald before. He'll settle up a pretty good one here in Riff Rocket uh, for Chris Waller. But um, what a round Riff Rocket do you think is a real challenge? Oh, I think Riff Rocket will be awfully hard to beat, Bryce. Um, I think, like we had a chat to Chris Waller and Giddy Up, and there's a couple of ch- uh, chains of thought here. You, you either think he stays or you don't. Now, if you don't think he stays, you take him on because $2.10 is too short. But if you think he stays, he's a $1.60 chance with the way that he won at Flemington two starts back when he was the quickest last 200 metres of the day. And there were some serious horses competing on that day. So Chris Waller believes he'll stay. James McDonald says, well, he thinks he'll stay, but you just don't know until the race is run and won. Um, I think Apulia is the biggest danger. He's on the three-week backup, which is unusual a little bit for the thoroughbreds. He won last Saturday in the Vars, which is a lead-up race towards the, the derby, and he was impressive off a hot tempo that day. Um, JD, Ben and Will Hayes are training the house, da- house down at the moment. So mm. I think he's the danger. Um, if you like Ruffy, I didn't mind the horse that finished third behind Apulia last week in the Vars. It's a South Australian galloper for Andrews Lewis. It was a horse that said to, I think, everyone watching that it'll appreciate the 2,500 metres of the Victoria Derby, and that's their assault. So Benny Allen's the ride there. I think he's probably nearly the best day in the race, but whether he's got the class or not, that's the question mark for most of these horses. Where else can you point us towards a winner? That's the Derby. What's your, yeah, your favourite for the day? I think Shinzo will be awfully hard to beat in the Coolmore, which is the best race. He's a slipper winner. And he hasn't had too much go right, this, this preparation. He was um, he didn't get to the Golden Rose without a, a, a small hiccup. So he wasn't quite at his best on that day. He pulled up a little late, but then he went into the Everest. And I thought his Everest run was pretty good. He, he finished down the track, but he wasn't beaten far. Now, Chris Wall has done this before with a three-year-old. He went to the Everest, and then he went to the Coolmore and Home Affairs, bolted in that day for the same connection to Coolmore. I think he's the best horse in the race, and he's third up. I think he'll be winning tomorrow, Shinzo. I think Chris Waller and James McDonald will have a big day. I think a tissue will win the other group one. She loves Flemington. She didn't have much luck in this race last year. Barry 8's perfect. There's plenty of tempo in this race. I think she'll get the perfect run. And J-Max should have a few winners under his belt before then. <laughs> He-Man is the best of the day in the first race. Really confident with him. I think Sedozi will win the Wakeful and then win the Oaks. And there's a horse by the name of Spacewalk. Jamie Carr rides for James Cummings. He can be a little bit frustrating at times, this horse. He looks like the winner and doesn't really have that dedication, you could say, to finding that winning post. But he loves Flemington. He loves... He loves um, down, being down the straight. And James Cummings on Giddy Up this week gave him a really good push. So I think he can play him each way as well. So I'm pretty confident tomorrow. Gee, I'm regretting playing cricket tomorrow. I think I should be going to the races with that sort of uh, level of uh, confidence. You never play cricket on Derby Day. You never. Uh, it's, I couldn't concentrate at the best of time. <laughs> the Derby day on is very difficult. That's why you win the toss and bat and then just have the uh, the races on the phone while, while, the, while the cricket's unfolding, Gareth. Best That's of both a very worlds. good point. But then the batsman the opposition side of thinking what you're thinking. <laughs> That's then, right. Away. That's yeah. right. Now, looking ahead to, to Melbourne Cup Day, it does feel, and I know you were out there at Tuesday uh, for track work, but it does feel like there is one horse that 
well, that, that everyone wants to talk about and, and no one's really talking it down. Can you explain a little bit more about this imported galloper that might go around as, uh, well, it's an overseas visitor, really, uh, that might go around as one of the strongest favourites we've had in, a, in Melbourne Cup for quite some time? So he's trained by Willie Mullins, Whitey, who's a legend of the game, and he does it in both codes in a way. He's a, he's a legendary jumps trainer. He dominated the big carnivals like Cheltenham for many a year. And jumps racing is probably bigger in Europe than it is than the flat racing. They have Royal Ascot, of course, in England and um, the Arc de Triomphe in France. But the Cheltenham Carnival in March is, like, unbelievable. So, and the, the apart from Frankie the Tory, jockeys like A.P. McCoy and Ruby Walsh have been, like, superstar sporting names in, in Europe, especially in Ireland and England. So, Willie Mullins is a legend of that caper. This horse, Ball Ben, has competed at Cheltenham in some of the best jumps races, but he's also a very good flat horse. And I think Willie Mullins was of the opinion he'd be a better flat horse than a jumper. So this has been a two-year plan to get this horse to the Melbourne Cup. So the Melbourne Cup is not like the Cox Plate, which is at weight for age, so it's the best horses competing at level weights. The Melbourne Cup's a handicap. So the lower the weight you get into the race, the better, but you need to have enough points on the board to get into the race. So you need to win enough races so you get up the ladder with the ratings and you get a spot in the Melbourne Cup. So Willie Mullins, just to try, hopefully I'm simplifying this, is that he made sure that this horse raced sparingly and when he raced he would win, but he wouldn't do too much to catch the eye of the handicapper and go up the weight. So he won a Royal Ascot and he won well. He dominated that day. And then he gave him a bit of a break and went to a really lowly rated Group 3 race in Ireland. And he bolted home in that race. So he comes here with 55. He's got a turn of foot, the world's best jockey rides. I watched him work at Flemington on Tuesday morning. I haven't seen a horse work like that before a cup for a long time. Um, I think he'd be winning. The only danger is without a fight. And I can't see any other horse really like fighting out the finish in the cup. I think it's that obvious this year, Whitey. It's it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it's around about three dollars fifty, three dollars sixty at the moment in in futures markets at the tab or bond. So you think that that's a good price, or you think it'll? I mean, obviously there's still the the barrier draw to come as well. But do you think it's it, that's a fair price, or do yeah. you think it'll shorten or? I think he'll be around three and four dollars, but it's a Melbourne Cup, so you're probably going to get a little bit of value towards the back end of betting when there's more money in the pool and, like, you know, some money goes on um, an Australian horse or their favourite jockey and, and James McDonald and Kieran Maher will get a lot of support with Gold Trip. So, yeah, I think he's at his right, like, he's probably rock bottom, so there's no real value in him now. Um, but there's a lot of people that got this horse at a big price, so I think the market will work itself out. Um, but he'll start around that three to five dollar quote, I reckon, unless he just he, he it's a thirty degree day and he doesn't handle the heat, and we see that in the mounting yard. But um, he's a professional, this horse. Yeah, I, I think he'll he'll be mighty hard to beat. And so I reckon just hold it off backing him until close to the race time. Yeah, that was going to be my my last question on this. Twenty eight degrees on Tuesday, no rain between now and then. The firmness yeah. of the track. I know that. The track at Flemington is always in perfect order, but I mean, it's clearly not going to be rain affected. Do you, does that have any issue at all? No, I think he handles all sorts of going this horse. Like a, a horse like a gold trip, if there was rain around, you would, you would tip him 
he would go right up your estimations because he's just a different horse like we saw in the Turnbull Stakes with a little bit of give in the ground. But we saw him at Mooney Valley last week, and he was pretty good, but he still laid in a little bit because of the the, 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 the hardness of the track, and it was still a pretty good track there at the Valley. So um, I don't think it'll suit a horse like Gold Trip. It'll suit a horse like Without a Fight, and I think it'll suit Vorban. His stable mate um, will enjoy a bit given the ground absurd who won the Ebor in good fashion in England, which has always been a pretty handy form race for a race like the Melbourne Cup. So um, he could be the value at $15, but uh, it's a Melbourne Cup that lacks a little bit of depth this year, Whitey, so I think he can play those two two horses that I mentioned without a fight, but especially Vorban. Okay, Vorban, the favourite for the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. Gareth, uh, before we let you go, just a uh, bit of cross-promotion here. What... What, what what can we have on SEN track over the next 24 hours? And what are you doing on all the SEN platforms between now and, and Tuesday, uh, now and Tuesday and even now and tomorrow so people can get all the latest news and information? Well, if you're looking for some winners, subscribe to Giddy Up with Gareth or with your local podcast subscriber. We had Chris Waller, James Cummings, J.D. Hayes. We had also um, Simon Miller, who's got Amelia's Jewel and the Golden Eagle in Perth. And also Lucy Yeomans, who's got I'm Unstoppable. And that group one cool more. So you can listen to those interviews. Our weekend preview team are on fire as we previewed Flemington and Rose Hill. Um, and I'll be at Flemington tomorrow morning live from 9 o'clock for winners. We'll have a big show. Then we've got race card after that. And then David Taggart, Cam Luke and Josh Jenkins will lead the team. Jared Waitley and upstairs in the commentary box along with Wayne Hawks as well to give their expert opinion. So it's the best coverage in racing. I've no doubt about that. Entertainment some class with Jared joining the team. So I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, we'll hopefully find you plenty of winners. Plus, we can take Matty Hill's call as well. Have a good four days, Gareth. Good on you, boys. Thanks for that. Gareth Hall joining us there from Giddy Up on SEN Track. Our racing update.